the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Great to be with you. Took a one-day vacation yesterday. It's the first day of the biblical holiday, known in English as, it's got two names, Tabernacles or Festival of Booths, where Jews who are serious about their Judaism build a booth, they eat in it, a handful sleep in it even, for the seven-day holiday and it's, it's ha- the happiest time of the year. It's, in fact, called the happy time in the Bible. And we are told to be particularly joyful at this time. I feel it. I'm joyful pretty much all the time. But I, I buy the idea of a particularly happy time. So I was, I was off yesterday because it says you shall do no work on that day or the eighth day, which is its own holiday, but that's a separate issue. So I, uh, I didn't broadcast. Here I am. Hi, everybody. Great to be with you, and it is a big day for me, and I hope for you. It is finally out. Today, today is the day that the next volume of my five-volume commentary and explanation of the first five books of the Bible, the Rational Bible, it's called, is out. It is Deuteronomy, the fifth book. That, that's true. That deserves a, that deserves applause. <laughs> you know, when the book came in the mail a year ago, believe it or not, they delayed it because they wanted it to come out. They, it was delayed in the beginning because of the issue of lockdown problems in manufacturing and shipping it's particularly good paper the book is particularly beautiful and they wanted it to come out before christmas which believe it or not is two months away so i saw the book and people often ask so how does it feel to see your book in print well of course it's a good feeling but i will share with you You'll get a kick out of this. The The immediate reaction I had when I held the book, which is, is which has as much in it, in other words, my commentary is as long in Deuteronomy as it was in Exodus and Genesis. And I looked at it, and my immediate response to my in my own mind was, when did I write this? It's not like I don't have a full life. But I got to tell you, it is the great project of my life. And if you find me and what I say to be important in your life, then please get the, the, the Rational Bible. 
the latest volume. Get any volume. You can start. It doesn't matter what you start with. It, 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 truly, they all stand relatively independently. This was the book that the founders of America cited more often than any other. Isn't that amazing? How many people know that? I didn't know it. It was a, a historian at the at American the American University who actually came up with that. He did the study. In second place was a French Enlightenment thinker named Montesquieu. But in first place was Deuteronomy. I'll share with you some of its phenomenal ideas in the course of the show today. So you can get it. Amazon, the Prager store, wherever you want. And I, I really hope you do. For your sake... And for the country's sake, I make a fine living not dependent upon a Bible commentary. That's a project of love and idealism. So, it's a life changer. Take a look at the reviews on Genesis and Exodus. The Rational Bible out today. It's a very big deal. I have to finish Numbers and then Leviticus. Then I write my autobiography. And then a guide to stamp collecting. Nah, I don't think so. I just thought I'd throw that out. Russia unleashes mass strikes headline in the Wall Street Journal. The Ukrainians blew up a major bridge between Russia and Crimea. And Putin is very angry. So they blew up a bridge, and he blows up people. Random missile strikes on cities, very much like Hamas tries to do with Israel. Let me kill as many Israelis as possible. Let me kill as many Ukrainians as possible. It's a very bad situation that is taking place. Putin can't win, and Putin can't lose. That's the dilemma which we face if I were a president, well, if I were president, he wouldn't have invaded. That's an arrogant thing to say, I fully acknowledge, but I have proof because you'll note Russia invaded Crimea when a Democrat was in office named Barack Obama, and he invaded Ukraine when a Democrat was in office named Joe Biden. Democrats only intimidate Americans. They don't intimidate anybody else. Isn't that something? It's it's sort of like the the biblic not the biblical the Talmudic saying: those who are kind to the cruel be cruel to the kind. The bad guys of the world prosper when Democrats are in office. Why do you think there was no invasion during the Trump administration? Think it's a coincidence? Hmm, it's a great question to ask yourself if you hate Trump. If you hate Trump, you're preoccupied with his personal behavior, which I consider to be a childish thing to do, utterly childish. I don't give a damn about any president's personal behavior, like I don't give a damn about my uh, surgeon's personal behavior. I only care if he performs surgery well, and that's all you care about, too. Did you ever ask if your surgeon was faithful? Why not? I'm curious. Why not? I wrote about this 30 years ago. One of the first pieces I wrote about it, 
in my when I used to publish my own periodical called appropriately Ultimate Issues, and I wrote a piece. It's in my book of essays, Adultery and Politicians. I said it's none of my business, and I don't care. It's between the person and his wife, and the person and God. I have no say in the matter. I only care if a president helps my country. Whether the president is a shining beacon or not, I, I don't look for shining beacons in the political sphere, to be perfectly honest. We're not electing angels, we're electing presidents in a very filthy world. Ukrainians died because people elected a Democrat. Okay? That's a fact. And it doesn't mean a damn thing to one Democrat. Not a thing. And people who hate Trump, they're so preoccupied with their hatred. And by the way, they're as preoccupied with their hatred as some people are preoccupied with their love. I thought he was the greatest president since Lincoln, but I'm not preoccupied with loving him. I'm preoccupied with America, and I'm preoccupying preoccupied with fighting the left which hates America. Those are my preoccupations. Trump is not my preoccupation. Not once during his administration did I use the term Trump derangement syndrome. I thought it was over the top. I no longer think it's over the top. I actually think people have stopped thinking in any rational way in many cases. They won't talk to a parent because the parent voted for Trump. They won't let the parent see the grandchildren because the parent voted for Trump. You're a sick dude. You're a bad and sick dude. To unleash such hatred at your parents. God, there's something deeply wrong with an adult who severs relations with a Trump voting parent. You are a sick puppy. A level of narcissism that is so deep, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine it. It, it, it. it is as deep as the ocean. My feelings are all that matter. Well, of course it is. I suspect that 99% of the adults who don't speak to a parent because of their politics don't take the, the idea, honor your father and mother seriously. It's an antiquated code called the Ten Commandments. So, back to the, the Russia issue. They, he invaded only under Democrat presidents or Democratic presidents, whichever term you use. He didn't invade while Trump was in office. Oh, but uh, he had a press conference in Reykjavik. Remember that? That's what preoccupies the fools on the left, which is redundant. His press conference with Putin. When did Putin invade Ukraine? New York Times. Under Democrats or a Republican? History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. 
Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Let me take a call. St. Paul, Minnesota. Scott, hello. Hi, Dennis. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And, you know, I just wanted to tell you that my mom's been a a lifelong Democrat here in Minnesota, a Humphrey Democrat. And when I have conversations with her and let her know about some of the things going on in the country without bringing up political party, either by their inaction or their actions, she just says, that breaks my heart. But what really frustrates me is she's going to booth and pull the lever for every Democrat on the ticket. I wish they were a lever to pull at this point. Well, there is actually, yeah, because they're voting machines. Yeah, I wish they she could punch a hole. But anyway, that doesn't respond to you. I'll respond to you. The, your mother is, is probably a liberal, not a leftist. Is that fair to say? I, I would say... Well, you said yes. that. You said she's a Humphrey Democrat. Humphrey was not a leftist. Humphrey was a liberal. So, the the liberal... Ask your mom what... Well, you, you all I want you to do is honor her because she's your mother, but I would ask her, as a liberal, tell me what you believe in. And the odds okay. are everything she believes in is conservative. She will vote Democrat okay. because... Liberals have been led to believe that their enemy, their implacable, permanent enemy is the right. That's what they believe. They don't actually believe in liberalism. If they did, they would vote Republican. The Republican Party has liberal policies. The Democratic Party has left-wing policies. I came to that realization. I, I, I was a lifelong Democrat. Until Reagan, and and he turned me around in one sentence. Government is not the solution, it's the problem. And voila, since I realized all the genocides of the 20th century were made possible by governments, I realized maybe he's right. Maybe big government is a curse. So there's no way to change your mother. There is no way. But it's still interesting to ask her. So, Mom, tell me your three, four core beliefs. Or, or ask her, I have a column of 32 questions to ask if, to find out if someone's liberal or left. Ask her if she thinks Columbia University having a black graduation and a black dormitory is, is part of her liberalism. Just ask her that. Okay. And let me know what happens. <laughs> uh, hey, Mom, you think uh, men give birth, Mom? You think an 18-year-old should be able to decide to have a surgeon cut off her breast because she says she's a boy, Mom? What do you think about that, Mom? You think kids are not born male or female? That's the position of the American Medical Association, Mom. What do you think of that? Of course, if you really want to get into the weeds. Hey, Mom, how come uh, Putin only invaded Ukraine under Democratic presidents and not under Trump? Boy, would I like to hear a Democrat's answer on that one. 
Well, I really would. I, I, I'm not even interested in arguing with them. I would just like to know how they confront reality. What, what they would say to a pretty powerful point. What Russia's doing in Ukraine. <laughs> I also ask the whole time, what effect is this happening, ha- having on China, on Xi, the thug who runs the largest population in the world? He's a two-bit Maoist thug. The whole Communist Party of China is thuggish. Got to have a picture of Mao behind them at their conferences. It's like having a picture of Hitler behind you. The greatest mass murderer in the history of the world is venerated by the Chinese regime. Do you understand what that says? You know how morally putrid that is? A giant picture of the greatest mass murderer. He was such. A, he was a personal sadist. I don't, I don't believe that uh, Hitler and Stalin were. They were pure evil. But uh, but Mao added a a personal level of sadism to his repertoire of evil. It, the, the, one of the most it's on my list. Where is my list of ten ten books that most affected me? Where is it? I know it's on my website, but where where can people find it about Dennis? So one of them is what is it called? The Secret Life of Mao. You want to want to give me? The, I want people to know the title book is very, very long. It's a thousand densely condensed... You, you, you just sold it. I just sold it? You just sold the book. A thousand uh, dense pages. Everybody's going to pick it up. Oh, oh, I see. I blew it. Yeah. So, well, I, he, he's right. It's telling you it's a thousand dense pages is not going to uh, elicit great... The unknown uh, story. The unknown Mao, the unknown story. That, yeah. Okay, so let me say this. I don't have a big attention span. If something doesn't hold my interest, my mind goes elsewhere. It's just the way I'm built. I always have. Maybe I would have been diagnosed with ADD if I were a kid, and all these other diagnoses that are usually unhelpful. However, I I read every word of that book as if it were a compelling novel. So I I just want you to know that. But the authors, one Chinese and one Brit, the authors make clear that that Mao actually developed methods of torture. Yeah. Because he knew the only way to get into power as a tiny group called communists in the 1930s and 40s was to terrorize people, and torture is a very good form of terror. So he figured out ways of torturing people. And they have his picture up. What does this have to do with Ukraine? Very simple. They're watching to see how Putin succeeds and how the world reacts to him invading Ukraine to determine whether they'll invade Taiwan with the same exact argument. It's part of China. We will return. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Illegal drug trafficking has turned our southern border into a war zone, a war that no one wants to talk about, so that's why I urge you to see Border Battle, the new six-part limited documentary series from Turning Point USA that exposes the sheer evil and inhumanity of drug cartels and the illegal drug trade. How the drug fentanyl, the cartel Jalisco New Generation, and the Sinaloa Cartel 
have created the worst overdose death crisis in American history. We've never seen this before in the history of our country. Hear directly from Drug and Border Patrol agents about the horrific conditions along the border and what life is really like on the front lines. Watch Border Battle now. Download the full six-part documentary series at SalemNow.com. Use the promo code Prager to get 20% off. That's SalemNow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Prager for 20% off. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It is very, very important. It's unbelievably important whom we elect in this country. So the general lack of appearance of people running for office or in office on my radio show is no reflection or no indication that I don't extremely value who they are. But my task, we all have different tasks. Mine is to remind people the damage the whole Democratic Party does, not any not any given candidate. It is irrelevant who the candidate is in most cases. The Democratic Party is ruining the country, period. But some races I'd like to highlight. One is for Attorney General of the largest state in the Union, California. Nathan Hockman is the Republican candidate for California Attorney General, and I'm highlighting this and welcoming him on to the show because California is being ruined, the freest, most dynamic, most luxurious, most terrific, most free state in the Union is being devastated by the Democratic Party. It's, it's almost a depressing place to live, certainly in its cities with their crime. That's why Attorney General is so important. Nathan Hockman, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Thank you very much, Dennis. Great to be on. So in a nutshell, tell people around the country about the crime issue in California. Certainly. There is a spiral of homelessness that the Democrats have created and Austin. Okay, we're not. The, the, oh, no, I'm sorry, Nathan. Hold on. the The audio is not acceptable. I'm sorry. It's just breaking up. We'll we'll have to. Uh, maybe he'll have to speak by a phone. I thought it was uh, fixed before he came on. I apologize to you folks, but this is a very important issue. So we'll have the audio in a moment. Do you know how many stores are closing down? In, in cities like San Francisco because they're robbed so frequently? Do you know that they're robbed so frequently, 100% because of Democratic Party policies? Like, for example, if you steal $950 worth of goods, it's only a misdemeanor. Yeah? And, of course, the the various districts, uh, district attorneys and their belief that we, sh- we shouldn't charge these people bail. All right, back to Nathan Huckman. I really apologize for that. Okay, how are we doing? Very well. I hope Okay, this is not good either. We have a big background noise, gentlemen. Uh, to my dear uh, listeners, you know what? Let me, um... I apologize. I don't know why this has not been set beforehand. I live in a state of frustration often. But c'est la vie, as they say. 
what is happening in in California, and for that matter, Philadelphia, New York, and people will still vote for the party that that produces this damage in people's lives. Anyone who thinks that the human being uses reason most of the time is just wrong. People are guided by by passion and feelings. That's why the Bible so warns you not to follow your heart. That alone is worth being biblical about. Okay, so we have you on phone. All right, so we don't have you on, on video. It's all right. It doesn't matter. Nathan Hockman, you're too important. I'm sorry about all Thank this. You, all right, you're clear okay, now. Great. great. Okay. Great. But what I was saying is that what the Democrats have created and fostered in California is a spiral of lawlessness. And it starts with one person leaving a small, a small business in you know, any major city where they can steal just under $950. And the criminal knows that the prosecutor will not bring the case. The police will not arrest because the prosecutor will not bring the case. And they walk out without any consequences. Well, one person leads to three people running out of a CVS, 10 people running out of a Walgreens, 80 people we saw running out of a Nordstrom's, 100 people doing a flash mob at recently in a local L.A. 7-Eleven, smash and grab robberies, follow home robberies, and a double-digit rise in homicide. That spiral of lawlessness can be stopped. Okay, so hold, hold on there, Nathan Hockman. When we return, because we had these technical delays, when we return, I want to know, will you debate your opponent for Attorney General of California? And if you have, and what he or she, I don't know who your opponent is, says about what you just said. I'm, that, I'm really curious here. Nathan Hockman, Republican candidate, Attorney General of California. Most of us know that being online means that everything we do is under constant surveillance, whether it's big tech companies creating detailed profiles of our personal lives or government agencies scanning our emails even when we haven't done anything wrong. Our privacy has never been more at risk. How can we make sure our personal information stays private? The first thing is to switch to a secure email service such as StartMail, which keeps emails safe. Every email can be encrypted or protected with a password, which means no one can read, scan, or sell your private information without your consent. When you delete an email, it's gone forever. Another thing I like about StartMail is that you can generate unlimited disposable email addresses so I never have to give out my real email anymore. Switching to StartMail is simple. Your emails and contacts are transferred in a few clicks. Sign up with StartMail today and you'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash Prager. Hey everybody, how you doing? Thank you to Amalep Anobi sitting in for me yesterday. She's this uh, marvelous, brilliant young woman who has her own podcast uh, with PragerU and PragerU and, and, and Salem do a lot of things together which is great we all have the common goal of, of liberty and the American project unapologetic is the name of her podcast it's a good, it's a good name 
She has a great story, by the way. She, she has a white mother and a black African father, very similar to Barack Obama's story, because the black African father sort of left her life. She was raised, as he was, by a, by a left-wing mother. It's an interesting, really, the parallels are quite remarkable. The difference is he stayed left-wing and she didn't. She, but she was certainly active with her mother, and as a person of the left, she has a Black Lives Matter tattoo. I told her to never get rid of it. it certainly helps fundraising for PragerU when she shows that tattoo. Correct, Mr. Uh, Mr. Producer? It's pretty authentic that you have made a change in your life when you can show a tattoo of the other side. And uh, then we we did a podcast. I do a podcast, by the way, for Salem. And the, oh, it's out already? It's the, good, it's Tuesday, it's up. This week's is up. I do one with Julie Hartman, this phenomenon that I have uh, that I met and have gotten very close to it's called Dennis and Julie I have no doubt you will be hooked if you listen there's a 50 year difference between us which in and of itself makes it fascinating so it's, it's, it's particularly relevant to people of any age called Dennis and Julie. You can watch it on YouTube and you can hear it at what, Salem News? Where do you, where? Salem Podcast Network. Or anything. Spotify, the usual, uh, the usual crowd. And anywhere you get your podcast. Dennis and Julie. It's fun to watch though. Normally I, I like, I don't think it, it matters much. Uh, like on a radio show, but in a podcast, and especially when you have this duo of us, you'll uh, you'll see what I mean. So a caller called uh, last hour and hung up, said he's a graduate of Columbia and there is no black dorm at Columbia University. And I looked into it, and I could not substantiate that there was a black dorm at Columbia University. There's black graduation. I think at a time that there was, but I couldn't verify it. But it is so important to me to never mislead you in any possible way that I will now say there's a black graduation ceremony at Columbia. And that at Wesleyan there is a black dorm. There are colleges with black dorms. But I want to thank that man because I never want to repeat something that isn't true. I read it, I, I did some research during the break, and some places claim that there is one, but I could not find substantiation for it. And that's what matters. So anyway, I won't say that again, I'll just say black graduation ceremonies. And that there are colleges with black dorm, dorms but I could not substantiate that at this time Columbia has one. So that's very important for me to uh, share with you. So the New York Times, is it today? Is this piece from today? 
So October 11th is today, yeah. So Jemiasin Webster is a clinical psychologist and psychoanalyst. That means he's a psychiatrist who has a special extra degree in psychoanalysis. He's gone the whole distance. Teenagers are telling us that something is wrong with America. That is the title of the piece in in the New York Times. The piece is as sick as the young people Dr. Webster is treating. Let me read to you. This is what the sophisticated on the left believe. We all know that there is a spectacular crisis among many young Americans. So here is what the left believes the crisis is about, and that will tell you a lot about it. Incidentally, the left is the cause of much of this problem. What the left has done to the culture, what the left has done to young people, making war on everything that is beautiful in their life, from beautiful art and music, to religion, to patriotism. They've given them nothing but darkness. I'll prove it to you. Listen to the piece. Teenagers are notoriously suggestible to peers who buffer their nascent sense of self So the 54% increase in suicides in the 10 to 24 age group between 2007 and 2020, that's before the lockdowns. I never say before COVID. COVID's not the culprit, the lockdowns are the culprits. So again, 54% increase in suicide among Americans aged 10 to 24 in the 14 years of 2007 to 2020 is a serious cause for alarm. We, on that, Dr. Webster and I agree. Listening to my patient, it was a question about an unpredictable future that seemed most salient in her suicidal ruminations. What does that mean? An unpredictable future. Do you know what that means? Does any child have a predictable future? No. <laughs> what, I, I don't even know what that means, an unpredictable future. Well, we'll find out, I presume. The girl who I will call by her first initial B to protect her privacy spoke passionately. Okay, now we get it. Are you ready, folks? Why she was suicidal. Climate change. Racism and inequality. Ah, there you go. That's enough to make anybody suicidal. Why wait to drown with rising oceans when you can kill yourself today? And there's so much inequality and racism, it's not worth living. Does that uh, sound reasonable to you? She, I, I believe the doctor is not lying. So I, that to think that he had, how old is she? Does she, does he say? He doesn't give her age. I assume an adolescent girl. Yeah. 
She's suicidal because of climate change, inequality, and racism. What else? About all the, quote, mental health, unquote, issues of her friends who are on this medication and that medication and that medication and had eating disorders, attention disorders, self-harming behaviors, and depression. So let me ask you folks, when you, if you're a a person over 50, was that prevalent among your peers when you were a teenager? Friends were on this medication and that medication, had eating disorders, attention disorders, self-harming behaviors, and depression. Do you remember classmates having any of that? You were in Chicago, I was in Brooklyn. I don't remember anyone. So something's changed. No kidding. Her burgeoning sexuality was also greeted as a threat. How can I be a sexual woman in this environment, this being italicized? Do you get that? Her burgeoning sexuality was also greeted as a threat? Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Illegal drug trafficking has turned our southern border into a war zone, a war that no one wants to talk about, so that's why I urge you to see Border Battle, the new six-part limited documentary series from Turning Point USA that exposes the sheer evil and inhumanity of drug cartels and the illegal drug trade. How the drug fentanyl, the cartel Jalisco New Generation, and the Sinaloa Cartel have created the worst overdose death crisis in American history. We've never seen this before in the history of our country. Hear directly from drug and border patrol agents about the horrific conditions along the border and what life is really like on the front lines. Watch Border Battle now. Download the full six-part documentary series at SalemNow.com. Use the promo code Prager to get 20% off. That's SalemNow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Prager for 20% off. Well, everybody, I'm reading to you a piece in the New York Times today, Why Kids Are So Troubled by a Psychiatrist, Psychoanalyst, Psychologist, Dr. Webster. It's unbelievable to read this. He's talking about his first patient, an adolescent girl who was suicidal because of climate change, racism, inequality, and the mental health issues of all her friends. Congratulations to the left on screwing a generation. Never in American history have kids been so hurt by a political ideology as the left. Remember, the left ruins everything it touches. Everything. Everything. Including kids. Yes, the pandemic exacerbated a groundless feeling. And who, by the what? No, it didn't. The lockdown did. They all say pandemic. It was the lockdown. They didn't lock down in Sweden. Bet you those kids are not as screwed up as ours. But the way adolescents investigate their world for its failings. Oh, that's new. It's both new and not new. 
Every adolescent see, oh, my parents, they're generous, they're hypocrites, they screwed up the world. It's a common thing, but it's much more today. They touch an open wound in this country. What happens when we realize the escalator? Are you ready? This is the open wound. Ready, folks? What happens when we realize the escalator, so crucial to the American dream? didn't go anywhere. Wow. Well, so my technical producer, Triple G, the gentle Gentile giant, said, then it stares. No, an escalator that doesn't go anywhere is not a staircase. It's the opposite. It's an escalator that just keeps moving, but it doesn't go anywhere. But it was a good try. What happens when we realize the escalator so crucial to the American dream didn't go anywhere? Wow, the left's view of America. This psychiatrist is sick. (laughs) And maybe never really worked, at least not for many. Oh, really? Who didn't it work for? Who tried to get on the escalator in America and it didn't work for them? How many people? The escalator in America worked for more people proportionately than in any other country on the face of the earth, which is why everybody wants to move here. Well, let's put it this way. People from virtually every country want to move here. Or did want to. I wouldn't want to move here now. What the left has done to this country. They've done more damage to this country than the left in Sweden has. Or Denmark or Norway. Or, or almost any European country. Even Macron, the left-wing president of France, said we don't want to import America's wokeness. They think it's sick to say men give birth in Europe. You know that? Most European liberals think it's sick. Betcha he would say this, this Dr. Webster. Yes, the pandemic exacerbated, oh, I read that, yeah, so the escalator didn't work, not for many, really, the American escalator didn't work for many. Let us crap on America more. And then wonder why kids feel alienated. Hey, kids, you live in a stinking country. But you should feel happy about that. That shouldn't disturb you. B, that's his patient, the girl patient, also spoke to the contradictions of her parents who seemed unhappy in their work. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting insight into the parents. In their role as parents... I want you to hear this. This is the list of why her parents are, are, are unhappy. They're unhappy in their work, in their role as parents, in the privileges accorded to them, along with those denied to them, and were enraged by the political environment on all sides. I don't understand what the hell he's talking about. Just think about it. The parents are unhappy about the privileges accorded to them, 
along with the privileges denied to them. If this is an accurate depiction of the girl's parents, I feel for I feel bad for this girl. They're unhappy in their work. Hmm. I'd like to know about that. Yes, this is the girl's perspective, exactly correct. Well said. That's right. Yep. In their role as parents, they're unhappy in their role as parents, and they're unhappy in their work. If the girl is at all accurate, she just has unhappy parents. It might be one of the rare examples of the unhappy married to the unhappy. B wants to move to the countryside and raise dogs. That's beautiful. That is one beautiful life. Quote, beautiful, innocent, fluffy dogs, just like mine. She doesn't want to work or make money or have children or be with anyone, really. Oh, another victory for the left. That's right. She doesn't want to work, make money, have children. She wants to go with fluffy dogs. She wants to go to a safe, what is it? Safe Safe space, space. yeah. I made a movie on that, I should know. (laughs) Many adolescents I see immediately want to exit the world stage, as if all options are already on the table, played out, disenchanted, and the only choice is to disappear. Well, sounds to me like if you went to this guy with those problems, they would get worse. We return. I'm Dennis Prager. Turns out that the psychiatrist is a woman. I thought it was a man, Jameson. Jameson Webster. It doesn't matter, but I I thought I'd note it. I mean, I, I don't know for sure that Jameson Webster identifies as a woman. We identify her as such. Anyway, this article in the New York Times is the shallowness of the left. Every leftist is intellectually shallow. Every single one. Not every liberal. Not every conservative. And some liberals are shallow and some conservatives are shallow. But every leftist is. You can't be a deep thinker and be a leftist. It is not possible you would never reach the conclusions that leftists reach. Dividing the world by race and gender rather than by good and evil. Not to mention the the staggering absurdities that one has to believe. The gender assigned at birth. The very, that, that, that very rape of language. Biology assigns you a sex, not the hospital. continue here. She's talking about her adolescent girl patient who was suicidal. She doesn't want to work or make money or have children or be with anyone really. Incidentally, as I point out with every New York Times opinion piece on on young people, they never mention the absence of God, religion, or the Bible. It doesn't mean crap to a leftist. It's all junk. The greatest solution to the question of meaning in life is religion and a religious community, 
a Bible as a source of wisdom. Not to mention, of course, American patriotism, love of country, hierarchy of parents and children. Hierarchy. Ah, the curse of the left. They hate it. Parent is above me and God is above my parent. That's the hierarchy of the Bible. To a leftist, that's drivel. Whatever is deep is drivel to them. Many adolescents I see immediately want to exit the world stage. What does it mean to exit the world stage? Do you know what that means? What adolescent is not exited from the world stage? Who's on the world stage? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it literally. Maybe, I, maybe she means it figuratively. I think she does. Sort of, you know, stop the world. I want to get off. So stop the world. I want to get off. Right. I, I want. I want to check out. Okay. Fair enough. As if all options are already on the table, played out, disenchanted, and the only choice is to disappear or take medicine, get famous, detach. Isn't that odd? Disappear or get famous? Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pick on it. I don't, I, I, there's not a coherence to the, to the thinking. All options are already on the table. What does that mean? Do you know what that means? I'm serious. Do you know what that means? Played out, disenchanted, and the only choice is to disappear or get famous. Isn't that, aren't they opposites? It's like the, the, the statement earlier. What, what is it? The parents lament their privilege and their lack of privilege. Or detach, other versions of disappearing, suicide being the most extreme. When B spoke about her gender identity, something suicidal broke through. The pressures, contradictions, and vulnerability of being a girl felt too much. This is, this is the product of weak children. The pressures of being a girl? Boys don't have pressures on being a boy? Isn't adolescence tough for every adolescent? Isn't that the point? Hasn't that always been the case? But but uh, now they're suicidal over the pressures, especially girls apparently, although I think boys commit suicide more. Girls try it more and boys succeed more. I think that's the issue. The pressures, contradictions, and vulnerability of being a girl felt too much. And she would double over in my office, saying she had her period. This is very strange stuff. To double over in the psychiatrist's office because you had a period. Does she explain why? As if to demonstrate something unbearable about verging on womanhood. Holy crow. The, the weak children that have been developed. Well, they're raised by children. Maybe that's a big part of the problem. Well, everybody, it's the Ultimate Issues Hour, the third hour every Tuesday. Some great issues of life. 
It could be called the Wisdom Hour, but that would sound pompous. But that's the purpose of it, is to explore what makes you wiser. Wisdom is the root of goodness, not good intentions. Good intentions are the root of of nothing. Absolutely nothing. They are the root of evil just as much as they are the root of good. Just thought you'd, you'd want to know about that. The root of goodness, actually there are there are a few roots. One is gratitude, but the other is wisdom, because if you don't have wisdom, you can't figure out what's good. And the least wise places in America are the universities, the areas of the greatest concentration of nonsense, and dangerous nonsense at that, are the universities. You know, I remember when I studied communism at Columbia. That was my field. There are very few kids studying communism. I think seven in the entire university. Because we sat around one table for our advanced seminars. And we, we understood this, this issue. Studying communism was a, uh, a way of understanding. As one writer wrote when I studied communism, it wasn't hard hats who supported Stalin. It was intellectuals. How do you explain that? In other words, the average church-going Joe with his guns and Bibles... Is that what uh, Obama said? Was it guns and Bibles? <laughs> that guy knew Stalin was a mass-murdering devil, diabolical figure. Religion and guns. Religion and guns, yes, thank you. The folks with the religion and guns thought Stalin was scum. The intellectuals, the secular intellectuals, ah, they didn't. Not all, but the, the, the proportions were dramatic. But people don't draw any conclusion. Maybe since, maybe given that, excuse me, since secular leftists are so morally broken in their understanding of the world, Maybe the opposite. Maybe religiosity might give you, certainly Judeo-Christian, Bible-based, might give you the wisdom to understand better the world. So, people don't draw that conclusion. Even religious people send their kids to these secular left-wing universities. And then, it's very sad, because the kids are poisoned often against them during their sojourn at the university. That's why the university doesn't want people like me speaking there. They fear, and by the way, correctly so, that in an hour and a half a conservative speaker can undo four years of left-wing indoctrination because it's a bubble and it's easily burst. Today is a very big day in the ultimate issues world, if you will. 
It's the third volume of my five-volume commentary and explanation of the first five books of the Bible known as the Torah. Deuteronomy, the most cited book by the founders of the United States, turns out. Second place was Montesquieu, the Enlightenment, French Enlightenment intellectual. First place was Deuteronomy. I'm going to read you a law from Deuteronomy that will give you an idea of how it challenges the contemporary moment. This is from Deuteronomy, let's see, 22.5. A woman must not put on man's apparel, nor shall a man wear woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. That's heavy duty, isn't it? Well, well, I picked one that'll really annoy people. So this verse is a perfect example of either the relevance or irrelevance of the Bible. Specifically, the Torah, and I say the Torah because it's the basis of the rest of the Bible, Old and New Testaments, and because it is where all the laws are. There are no laws after Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy has the most, 240 of them. There are 613 altogether. So if you, if you disagree with this, this is a perfect example of how archaic, backwards, even immoral, and certainly intolerant the Torah is, the Bible is, and if you are inclined to believe that there's more wisdom in the Bible than at the New York Times, then you will say, wow, that is incredibly prescient So you have the choice, right? You can say it's a great thing for kids to go to drag queen story hour. Or if you're Deuteronomy based, you say it's not a great thing. Men shouldn't wear women's clothing in public. What you do in private is is your business. We're talking about going in public. And what's wrong with it? What would be the reason? I spend a few pages on this verse. I do it often on one verse. That's why the books are big. In the Rational Bible series. So I'm going to give you a listing that I made of distinctions in the Torah. God and man. God and nature. Man and animal good and evil, life and death, parent and child, holy and profane, and male and female. Wow. That alone, my dear friends, is worthy of many ultimate issues hours. The Bible believes in distinctions and the secular left does not. It's a war for or against distinctions. And that is what this law is about. Men and women are distinct, therefore they should wear distinctive clothing. That's it. That's the answer. 
If you don't believe men and women are distinct and should remain distinct, then men and women can wear any clothing. This is the battle, in a nutshell, of the modern age, of the secular left versus the Judeo-Christian world. Who was it? Were you present? I, I Oh, I, yes, I think at, um, at the Shabbat table, I, I think Zach told the story. A wonderful young man, just turning 40. And I, he was in a, he was in a story as two, his two little kids. He and his wonderful wife, they have two little kids. And I, I, I'm sure we're getting the story somewhat wrong, but I'm getting it somewhat right at the same time. So he, he had, so he was looking for a toy for the boy, and the salesperson showed him a pink doll. I think it was. And he said, no, 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 that's for girls, I have a boy. And the saleswoman was beside herself. Isn't that interesting? It so bugged her. It was a young, a youngish woman. And it so bugged her <laughs> that this man would say that. The, the battle... The cultural battle in the West, and especially America, is the pro-distinctions versus the anti-distinctions world. I, and I explain this very clearly and in detail in the Rational Bible, Deuteronomy, published today. This is the Ultimate Issues Hour on a big day. I hope for you, as much as for me, because of the publication today of the third volume of my Rational Bible, Commentary on the First Five Books. So I'm bringing to your attention one very powerful way to understand the difference between the Judeo-Christian value system and the secular left system is distinctions. So I read to you the verse that drive the left crazy, and it would be an example of why no one should take the Bible seriously. A woman must not put on a man's apparel, nor shall a man wear woman's clothing, for whoever does these things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. Yeah, because God made distinctions, and the left wants to blur every one of them. That's the battle in a nutshell. God and man, God and nature, man and animal, good and evil, life and death, parent and child, holy and profane, male and female. There you go. God and man, obvious. Again, biblical wisdom. Garden of Eden story, and I don't care if you take it literally or not, the story is genius. It is just genius. They're living in paradise, literally paradise. But it's not good enough for them. The serpent says to Eve, hey, listen, if you eat from this forbidden tree, the only thing you're not allowed to do, if you eat from it, you will be like gods, knowing, determining good and evil. That's That's the battle. Who determines good and evil? This book or your heart? 
which you're warned never to follow. Don't follow your heart or your eyes. Big, big, big warning. That's wisdom. Follow your heart is anti-wisdom. Mm, this is big stuff, my friends. Why this, these books, I think, are very important. They make all this clear. Man and God is one distinction that's being erased. God and nature is another. Nature is now God. Mother Earth, Gaia, right? The goddess Earth. There are people who put Earth above humankind. There are people who would like to say, I remember I read to you, I read to you this article in the New York Times this, whose opinion page is an obituary for thought and for the West. Wouldn't be so terrible if mankind became extinct. Then nature could flourish. Man and animal. That's right. Uh, That one I discovered many years ago when I asked if you would save your dog or a stranger first if both were drowning. Who's to say humans are more valuable than animals? Boy, say that on on a high school or college campus. What if, what if they had a billboard at a high school or a college? Humans are created in God's image, animals are not. How would that go over? <laughs> I wonder, I really wonder. But that's, that's an issue. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has a campaign called... Holocaust on your plate, in which it equates the barbecuing of chickens in America with the cremating of Jews in the concentration camps, the death camps. Yes, it equates them. Who's to say a human is more valuable than a chicken? You understand that secularism, the post-Judeo-Christian, post-biblical world, is crazy. Yeah. You got that that is morally crazy. My books are an antidote because they explain this confrontation. It's out today, the rational Bible. If if I've touched your life, I hope you get it, not as a favor to me, but if it takes doing a favor to me. I prefer you do that than even give me a box of cigars. Although it's a close, close call. Box of cigars, get the right now. Idealistically, I'd rather you get the rational Bible. Anyway, Deuteronomy's out today. It explains this. Humans and animals, the distinction is biblical, but it is not post-biblical. Get it? We lose all distinctions. That is a summary of the modern world. The Judeo-Christian belief in distinctions, the secular left, the progressive desire to erase all distinctions. Parent and child, yeah, of course. You're my buddy. I'm not your parent, I'm your pal. Honor your father and mother. The only two creatures you're told in the Bible to honor are God and your parents. 
That's a pretty big statement on behalf of parental authority. And holy and profane. So I did a did a show years ago, a few years ago. San Francisco City Council voted on whether to retain anti-public nudity laws. And by one vote, they decided to keep the laws because it's not hygienic if a naked person sits on a park bench or on a bus bench. But eventually they'll allow public nudity. And I said, there's only one argument against it. There is not a single secular argument against public nudity. There's only a Judeo-Christian argument. And that is, it blurs the distinction between human and animal. Animals are naked, humans are clothed. More on... Hey everybody, Dennis Prager here, elucidating, illuminating, extrapolating the differences between the Judeo-Christian slash biblical worldview and the secular left, which is the dominant one in the West and especially in America. And I'm using one sentence or verse in Deuteronomy, the fifth book, which my commentary the Rational Bible, the third volume of the series, is out today. It's a big day. I don't just think a big day for me. If it's just a big day for me, then it's um, not an important day. But explaining the greatest book that has ever been written is is important. So I'm taking a verse that would clearly anger and breed contempt and hatred for the Bible, just to show you, uh, you remember, I, I prefer clarity to agreement. You don't agree, that's fine, but let me make it clear what the distinctions are. And so from my book, and I have a very long explanation of it, 22.5, a woman shall not, must not put on man's apparel, nor shall a man wear woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. God doesn't like around messing with the divine distinctions. There are no divine distinctions in the secular world, so there are no distinctions. Men and women are the same. Man and animal are equal. Men are their own gods. There's no objective good and evil. Parents and children are equal. There's no hierarchy. That's, by the way, that's what the whole equality push is about. Blurring distinctions. Equality or equal, men and women are equal. Everybody knows that. What it really meant is men and women are the same. But even just the egalitarian battle, parents and children are not equal. That's a distinction that if you blur, you're going to collapse society. There needs to be a, a moral hierarchy. God over man, parent over child. That's right. That's biblical wisdom. 
something we are not keen on. So I am give I gave you the list: God, man, God, nature, man, animal, good, evil, life, death, parent, child, holy, profane, male, female, holy, profane. So I was talking to you about public nudity. Give me a secular argument. Call in. I'll send you a cigar if you can. In fact, I'll send you Sean. Sean will visit you. Either Sean or a cigar. I would take the cigar, but some of you would take Sean. (laughs) So, tell me, give me one secular argument other than it's not hygienic, which is an absurdity. Give me one secular argument against public nudity. doesn't exist. For those of you who think we could dispense with the Bible, there's just a perfect example. The very fact that there are anti-public nudity laws, the fact that there are anti-incest laws, I'll give you a whole host of examples. The, this is an ode to the enduring significance of the Judeo-Christian or biblical worldview. Even for many secularists, it's a tough one. Gee, why not allow people to show their genitals in public? For the religious person, the Judeo-Christian individual, or the Jewish or Christian, whichever one you want to use, whichever terminology, it's not a tough call at all. We're not animals. Animals are naked. Their genitals show. Ours don't. Or, if you will, under the holy profane. One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. The arrogance and hubris. We could dispense with the bases of our civilization, and still keep the greatness of our civilization. Big. Boo boo. Okay, all Dennis Prager here. I'm taking one verse from the entire book of Deuteronomy. Give you an idea of how relevant and challenging this stuff is. Man shall not wear woman's clothing nor a woman man's clothing. It's part of the the basis of civilization created by the Bible, Western civilization. Distinctions. All right, on to your calls. The famous Daniel of Bloomington, Minnesota. Hello. Dennis Brager. I can't believe I got on. Um, You know, as a born-again Christian, you are my rabbi. I've met you a couple times. I've read three or four of your books. I will acquire Deuteronomy um, very shortly. Here's my question, and it might sound silly to many, but it's not silly to me. In regards to what you're specifically talking about, how do you deal with the issue of the traditional Scottish kilt? I do. I I have an answer for you, and it's not a silly question at all. It's a completely legitimate question. The answer is 
men's clothing and women's clothing is societally determined. Ah. Uh. And, and that's it. There's no objective answer to what is woman's clothing. Every society has declared it. So what, what Deuteronomy is saying is within your society, there is women's clothing and there's men's clothing, and they should be restricted to the, the sex of the clothing. So if the kilt is worn by men in a society, then it's not women's clothing. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of the great, uh, oh my God. Sean, you got it? Uh, you know what? He's a chauvinist. And you just say Scott, say Scotch tape and he gets excited. Say Scotch whiskey, he gets really excited. Hmm. Anyway, that was a very, very important question because clearly the the society has determined what is men's and what is women's, and that's what is not interchangeable. That is good. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's funny. Al has a funny... I'll take it. Al in Dallas. Hello. Dennis... <laughs> It's so great to talk to you today. I wasn't planning on calling. Uh, but you have an answer to my challenge. Yeah, and you cost me some money, too, so I want you to know that. What, what was the money uh, spent on? Well, I figured I would get a good laugh if I could record this call and play it back in later times with friends. And uh, But I didn't have any good utilitarian blank tape hanging around. I only had very expensive, high-caliber high recording tapes that I used for music, so I had to unwrap one of those. Oh, my God. And plug it in. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is how I cost you money? Oh, yes, my God. All right. So go I, on. I give your give your answer to the uh, nudid, secular argument against public nudity. It's money well spent, Dennis. Thank uh, you. The, the argument is very simply... Uh, public nudity, the secular argument is it could cause some very serious traffic accidents. <laughs> Al, you're a crack-up. Sean, you want to visit Al? You would have a cigar with Al? He's in Dallas. They're non-stops constantly to Dallas. <laughs> so that's a, that's right. That is a secular argument against public nudity. It, it would cause accidents. Uh, but uh, it would be interesting to know which sex would provoke more accidents, naked men or naked women. <laughs> I'll leave it at that, but uh, it's a funny response. I appreciate that, Al. Take care. <laughs> All right. Uh, Plymouth, Minnesota. This is Minnesota Day on the show. Jeff, hello. Hello, Jeff. Yes, hi, Dennis. I thought of something that the left loves to make a distinction over, and that's skin color. That's right. Well said, and here is the interesting response. I've thought about that, too. That is not a divine distinction. I, I made or biblical distinction. I offered you a list of biblical distinctions. Man, God, man, and nature, man, and woman, uh, good and evil, 
holy and profane, parent and child. That is not a biblical distinction, black and white, or any racial distinction. God doesn't care about race. God cares about sex, or gender, as the left have redefined it. It says, God created the human being in Genesis, male and female, he created them. Not God created the human being, black and white, he created them. There isn't even a mention of black and white. People who talk about Ham's curse and defended slavery on the basis were, were biblical ignoramuses. Which, which happens... So that was another important call. The distinction, saying that racial distinctions are significant, is not only non-biblical, it's anti-biblical. We are all created in God's image, every color. All right. Hmm. Oh, okay. We're going to take a quick break. Again, my friends, I ask you to get the book that's out today, my next volume in my 10-year project to explain the first five books of the Bible, The Rational Bible by Dennis Prager, Deuteronomy. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.